Ah, oh, for Christ's sake, Anakin. Well, hello there, and welcome to episode 27 of For Christ's Sake, Anakin, coming to you live to air from suburban Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I'm your host, Matthew Neugebauer. It is Tuesday, April 10th, 2018. It is the Tuesday in the second week of Eastertide, if you're going by the church calendar. And today we are going to be talking about the church in exile yet again, the Jedi and the church in exile. In, new, new in light, a light of some things that come out in the special features of The Last Jedi that shed further light on what's going on in that beautiful, wonderful film that a lot of people seem to love, a lot of people seem to not be too crazy about things, people changing their minds. I haven't. I still love it. Um, I saw it just the other day, just last week, I should say, on the Blu-ray. Uh, yet again, gets me every time. Um, I, I do keep, I am open, in case you're wondering, to hearing and to having people come on the show who aren't too crazy about it, but how I'm Star Warsing <laughs> is by watching The Last Jedi and its special features. I am uh, still slowly going through Lords of the Sith. It, it's being one of those things, it's kind of funny. Some books I just want to keep getting at to and, and can't wait to have time to sit down and read. It's not that this book is bad, it's just, I don't know, for some reason, not that into it, um, but hopefully that'll change. I'll make time to sit down and read through. I do want to get to some more Legends books. I do want to get to the Darth Bane trilogy, get through that. I have, I read the first third of that, the first book of that by uh, Alberta's own Drew Carpishan, um, Edmonton area, Edmonton area guy. Um the comics are still going strong. Uh, the just read, uh, I think, number 46, 47, trying to remember. I read that yesterday um, The the of the ongoing series. And still going strong with the stuff on Mancala and uh, the Empire and their presence there. And this, I'm calling it a crossover <laughs> between... Uh, the ongoing comic and the Darth Vader comic, even though they're about 18, 19 years apart. It's it's pretty funny the way Marvel and Disney have done that in Lucas only is with this crossover, non-crossover that's separated. But uh, I, I recommend you reading both, getting to those. Um, so that's it. My, my mind is kind of focused on soccer today because my teams have Champions Leagues, but not going to go into that. Um, what I am going to go into, as, as the title suggests, is uh, things about sorry, Wakanda and Octo and the Church in Exile. And I've mentioned Black Panther quite a bit here if, on, on this podcast. If there, I mean, part of that is because if there is something other than Star Wars that I, I feel good to bring in, other than maybe Star Trek, it's it's the MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe, and there's a lot of cultural and, and I almost want to say spiritual connection <laughs> in a way. I mean, all the money's going into this uh, this corporation with uh, uh, you know two two mouse ears on it that I <laughs> have displayed. I had a so I'm here just to give some context. I've taken over. 
this the space and put all my my Star Wars toys and everything and my all the films and all the books that I finished reading or have yet to read keeping the comics in a different place but uh for the longest time I, I've known there's been the, these Mickey Mouse ears or maybe it's Minnie Mouse ears with a a picture of Minnie Mouse there and I'm just leaving it there as part of the Star Wars display because, you know, House of the Mouse. I do have my MCU stuff in another place too, but anyway, that uh, all, all that to say is I think we can, we do well to talk about uh, MCU themes and, and Star Wars themes, especially if, as they relate. And what this podcast today uh brings up is interesting so if you're a listener of uh god in comics it's a great podcast uh put on by two episcopal priests and a chaplain in the ordinariate and in the in the roman catholic anglican ordinariate and uh, they have I mean, they talk about as i said comics and god and god in comics and christian themes in comics and whatnot Similar, I mean, it was one of the things that inspired me to do that to start this podcast about, for Christ's sake, Anakin, God, and Star Wars. <laughs> um, and so they had a, a, a an Anglican priest. So he's for the Anglican Church of North America. I'm not going to get into the pol- church politics there. He to talk about, but to talk about uh, Black Panther and the evangelical black experience of watching that film. Um, both, both the black experience and the evangelical experience, because he can, he talks about both. And he, he's someone, Father Esau Macaulay, who is motivating for, in, in, uh, he's a professor, uh, the Reverend Doctor, <laughs> um, and among other things, having conversation about African American, uh, experience in, in an evangelical context. And, I think that's that's very promising and very hopeful. Um, and talking about Black Panther and uh, the different tensions and, and uh, levels and layers in which he approached that film. Um, and and so I'm bringing this in because uh, things that relate to what ha- what's the decision type of the decisions uh, Wakandans have to make regarding the outside world, uh, there's some interesting parallels to the types of decisions that Luke and Ray are trying to make regarding the Jedi and the, the galaxy. And as I was, I, I was in last week, I was, I was talking about those in terms of Luke's mindset. I was just coming, I came up close to, to going into a discussion on, the church in exile in terms in light of those things and the church in post Christendom, as I've discussed before uh, and the way Luke's mindset actually adds and sheds a new light on, on those things and, and on, on the question of what do we do now that, you know, here in the West we are, or, 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 or how does, how does it reflect different ways Especially white Western Christians, but not necessarily white Christians in in North America and Europe, Western Europe, um, 
live out our faith in light of being the former dominant religion and now we are at least in, in Canada um, the whether or not we're in, we're not necessarily a, a minority status but the we don't have the political influence that we did we don't have the social cultural influence that we did and how do we approach that and that I mean that's been the compelling question I've always had with if you go back into my episodes on on the Dark Times comic series from Legends that similar question and I think Luke brings uh, an added uh, dimension to that in that he's wrong <laughs> and Ray is actually the one that the I think the films Ray's approach is the one that the films are actually pressing and pushing and for reasons that I will get into shortly. And, and, and I appreciate that, and I, I, I'm glad about that for <laughs> reasons I'll get into shortly. So, um, going back to the Black Panther thing as I take a swig of water. So if you haven't seen that film, again, turn this podcast off. I think it's still in the theaters. <laughs> well, I mean, Infinity War is coming up, but I think it's still it's on the theaters. I don't know. Find it somehow. Watch it. Beautiful film. The and Father Issa and and Jonathan Michigan and and the guys on God and Comics, they talk about kind of the, the it's related to the Reinhold Niebuhr, uh, I guess categories, if you will, of Christ in culture, Christ above culture, Christ outside of culture, and I I don't quite remember what Niebuhr's uh, typologies were, but. The the way he goes into it with Wakanda is they go into it and say Wakanda is kind of like the church in the world and the Wakandans. And there are three ways basically where we see in the film that uh, arguments for how Wakanda should engage the wider world. And that's that's uh, the the intellectual sociopolitical core of the film. Uh, the first way that uh, the tradition of Wakanda and what T'Challa himself pick, takes up for most of the film is isolation. It's we can hide in, under this canopy, this this uh, holographic canopy, and we have this wonderful, almost utopian uh, technologically developed society on our own that we don't have to worry about everything going on outside in the world, be it um, disease and hunger and the oppression of of African Americans and other minorities everywhere. Um, you know, the the plight of <laughs> colonizers or or, or the, the victims of colonization, even in the rest of, of sub-Saharan Africa, that their mentality is we're just going to cut ourselves off and and just develop our own way of being because we're trench and, and close off because the world is evil. And that, that has two parallels in, in more modern Christian history. <coughs> they bring up the parallel of the kind of the, the the Tridentine Roman Catholic 
idea after the Reformation was their approach is what do we do after the Reformation that even Western Europe isn't under our, our, our domain. And, you know, Pius IX especially embodied this idea of, well, they can go do what they want. <laughs> We're going to maybe make pronouncements about it, but by and large, we the Pope, I'm going to hide in the Vatican I call myself an exile, a prisoner in the Vatican. Um, and that partly had to do with the rise of, of the Italian Republic and um, the the need to, uh, well, the need, but the, the perceived need to say, well, the the papal states are no longer, no longer in existence and negotiating <coughs> the need to figure out, okay, what to do next. Um, but, to Pius IX, that was the sign of, well, we, the, the world's turned its back on me, therefore it's turned back on God. It, it's more sophisticated than that. Um, certainly there's a claim to me that the, with the Enlightenment, with rationalism, the world turned its back on faith. That's, again, too, too on the nose. But uh, there was a weakening of it and, and the disenchantment of the world. And the disenchantment then of the institutions of the church, and whether or not that's for better or for worse, um, or somewhere in the middle is is kind of the crux of what this what this whole discussion is really about is is the way the church in the world the church is in the world is that good in itself is that good for the world. Is that bad for the world? Um, so what we see a more benign, I guess, form of this sort of retrenchment then is uh, the Benedict option, which, uh, I mean, I confess I haven't read much about it, but I, I mean, it, it's Benedict referring to, I think, St. Benedict of Nursia, not so much Benedict XVI, although he articulated it positively in terms of a creative minority that we can't depend on secular societies to uphold uh, moral truth and moral values. And so we just have to go and, and have our small groups and have our, our churches, our liturgies and uh, our Bible studies and, um, and, and do our thing and not actually concern ourselves too much with, uh, with caring for the poor and caring for uh, structures of inequality and injustice. Um, I, I think that's an oversimplification, very clearly an oversimplification of what a lot of people would say in terms of uh, caring for social justice and the poor. And yeah, we can go out and, and try and affect change in society, but the bottom line is we retrench because the world is evil. It is the basic typology that that, that upholds. Um, we retrench because the world is evil. We retrench because uh, we know we can point to word and sacrament as the ways to uh, you know, build our communities and, and form people in faith. And yeah, we see that again. We see that as as exemplified, almost allegorized with Wakanda's tradition of 
we can point to our, our vibranium and our technological advancements, oddly enough. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to think, with the Jedi, we don't really see that too much. Um, you know, what we do see is we see other models. Um, maybe even, uh, I'm trying to think if, uh, if Qui-Gon Jinn represents the most... Um, and Obi-Wan can represents maybe the most benign form of this. <laughs> um, I mean, Obi-Wan's whole, even try, even at, with Padme at first, he's all in episode two, she's a politician, <laughs> trust in the force. And so that, but that's a different set of circumstances. That's in the prequels. It's still within Christendom, right? So we don't know. We haven't really seen much in the way of that. If anything, maybe it's Luke going off and not really taking part in the New Republic much. Um, not because because the world is evil, but because he has other things to do, like find out about the Force. And he is free to now because the Empire is dead and gone. <coughs> um, so this is after, I'm thinking after Return of the Jedi and after the Battle of Jakku and the Galactic Concordance and all that. So that's the first retrench because the world is evil. Um, the second one, and, and this is maybe maybe the most interesting one in Black Panther, is not retrench, but what what Eric Eric uh, Killmonger does. Eric, uh, the <laughs> the antagonist of Black Panther. For him, it's. We don't retrench. We go on the offensive because the world is evil, and uh, you know, with him, he wants to arm these. Uh, do basically what his father was doing was arming. I don't know gangs and, and populations, and uh, basically having you know, inciting revolution as he does in the CIA, but on behalf of all, for the sake of all oppressed people. Sending out Wakanda's weapons. Um, I mean, I wonder <laughs> if again this this weird kind of benign twist, where that's a little bit what the Rebel Alliance was about. Um, that the Jedi that were a part of, or, or Force sensitive people like Kanan, when it were a part of the the Rebel Alliance, they they discerned it was the will of the Force. To uh, <laughs> you to ignite their lightsabers and and that, that's that's in a way Luke's journey, ignite their lightsabers and uh, <laughs> ignite the blue, ignite the green, and take on the empire. Um, and you know we so we we attack because the world is evil. That on its darker side, I think, is often what ends up with the. And the what the the Benedict option and not just the Benedict option, but a lot of the more very conservative quote church militant folks um, see because uh, again the the like Pius the Ninth, but going on the attack right is onward Christian soldiers stand up for Jesus, the soldiers in the war that we actually have to go out and. 
criticize and I mean <laughs> protesting at abortion clinics and all this, <laughs> you know, um, offensive stuff. In a way, I mean, especially under the Obama administration, you know, the the very conservative you know, push against him that I think was can't I can't help but think was partly fueled by because he was black um, by the this racist undercurrent in white evangelicalism in the in southern U.S. that ends up becoming support for Donald Trump. Um, you know that it when and I, I mentioned this before is the last gasp of of fallen dominance, fallen empire is to push back and fight back when you're desperate, when you're against the ropes. Um, we do that, and, and so that brings us to Luke, right? And uh. And this is the this is the one that inserts. I'll, I'll talk about Ray and Nakia and engagement in a minute. But this brings us to to what Luke's mindset was in light of that gasp, in light of the prequel trilogy and the Jedi, because what their that situation was was uh, we embed in the prequel trilogy and. Christendom as as a world was we embed because we are good and the world is good. It is a Christian society. It is a galactic republic. Um, and and it's something we don't really see with uh, with Wakanda. <laughs> we don't really see that parallel there. And so that's why that didn't come up in the God and Comics podcast. It makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I talked about this before. How in the prequel trilogy, the Jedi had this view of we embed and we become instruments of the Senate's push for peace and justice in the galaxy. Um, and of course, Luke says, at the height of their powers, they let Darth Sidious rise from the Empire and wipe them out. And peace through lightsaber becomes peace through Death Star. That's an interesting poetic. Thing I hadn't thought of before, but um, <laughs> the Kyber Crystal becoming this weapon of order, be it through the Jedi and the Clone Wars or the Death Star on Alderaan. <laughs> right. um, and so in light of that, we can understand Luke's whole perspective of we retrench because we are evil and we are being harmful to the world. And, uh, and so we understand where he's coming from and, and we, but what we've seen there in 20th century, 21st century Christianity, and that's more, and I'd say that's more the liberal Protestant uh, line of, we can't have a, pub a public place in the world. We can't say, we can't don't want to push our Christian values on people. And we want to say faith needs to be this private, uh, enclosed thing. And it, it's a retrenchment because our effect on the world is going to be evil. And so, yeah, we see 
Luke being basically, in a way, you know, the best and more concerning aspect of liberal Protestant theology here. And I, I say that in a kind of a broad swath. I mean, meaning, you know, meaning that, yeah, we retrench the result, unlike Luke, who is just one person. I think the result is um, is another kind of embedding, which is interesting, right? They're both, which shows that both uh, kind of Christendom and Enlightenment modern embedding and liberal Protestant twenty first century embedding, and I guess more twentieth century, and, and because you know. The to have the sorry I should clarify so the it's that the institutions of the church and this is more the, the late twentieth century uh, into the Bush administration the response to the Bush administration to say oh no we can't as institutions have a public say uh, and and shouldn't and our messages from pulpits need to be primarily about peace and justice and caring for the poor and, and systemic inequality. And there's there's definitely a place for that. And and I'm definitely not uh, not arguing against pre- preaching about peace and justice in politics and in, in, in pulpits. You don't want to be partisan. That's, that's part of the problem. But uh, it's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It's going too far there. And to say that it, it posits the only way to have a public presence in the world is this violent way, is this uh, imposing way, and and I and all bit I used to think that in undergrad I used to um, be very clear about separation of church and state, and for the sake of being welcoming and inclusive and caring, and 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 so I understand where that's coming from, and partly. Yeah, no, we don't want to have a violent <laughs> presence in the world. But that's not the only way for us to have a presence in the world. And this gets to Nakia and Ray, both together, ultimately, and ultimately Luke, in the end, what he sees. Um, or if any, and with anything with Ray, it's, it's her development to realizing um, what I just said before is no, we don't want to have a violent thing. We don't want Luke to <laughs> ignite his laser sword and stand up to the first order by himself, literally, physically in the flesh. Spoiler alert. Um, Nikia and Ray and, and Luke at the end, it's interesting because it presents this new model of engagement rooted in our faith, rooted in our resources, rooted in our tradition. Not the question of good and evil because we're good, we're evil. Not worry so much about that. But we engage because the world is suffering. We engage because we suffer with the world. We engage because we have amidst that suffering and alongside that suffering and containing and carrying that suffering is the great 
thing that Star Wars is all about is this message of hope and love and faith that God will carry us and strengthen us and be with us. Not be with us over against others, but be with us amidst and through the trials and triumphs of life as human beings. Um, and so we see that on a large scale with Nakia wanting to begin you know, the Wakandan development program and, and relief agencies and things that, I mean, that's the thing is, is that Christians have actually never stopped doing, <laughs> um, be it religious orders, be it faith-based NGOs, be it just any, any church that has an impact in society all the way to, I think about the Unpoverty Edmonton initiative is, is a great example of the mayor and the bishop coming together and saying, let's co-chair this. Um, right. We see that. And so we see that with Ray who does want to go out and what she wants to do is turn Kylo Ren <laughs> the way that Luke turned her theater. Um, so there is this peaceful way of way of approaching it. I think she was willing to ignite her blue lightsaber. Ultimately, she does. But that's the funny thing about that scene in the in Snoke's throne room is it's kind of a a, a distraction, a non sequitur, a little bit. It has to happen because Kylo Ren has assassinated Snoke, <laughs> the supreme leader, and becomes the supreme leader. And so, of course. The guards are going to come and attack, and of course you're going to defend yourself, and that's a whole other question. But um, what we see ultimately in the Last Jedi is Luke maintaining the commitment to peace that brought him to Octo, the commitment to saying, uh, you know, no, we we don't want to ignite the green <laughs> and, and wipe out. The first door, pew pew, wong wong, heck yeah, my lightsaber noise. Um, that, that, frankly, I think people are upset with. That's partly why people don't like The Last Jedi, because they really, really wanted that, and they were going to be excited for that. And, and I understand that. But in the end, it's that same theme of we engage because the world is suffering. We gather and, and that's the point of what Luke is doing is he's standing up there to give time for the first for for the the resistance the that two dozen people to gather back on the falcon come together be a family um you know it's Finn and Finn and Ray are reunited Poe and Ray meet for the first time <laughs> right um they uh, you know, that whole theme of this is how we win because we're redefining winning, not by killing what we hate, but by saving what we love. So not by killing what we hate, not by backing down, but by saving what we love. And that's a great model for the way Christians can engage in the real world. And, this was really amazingly on display just the other day here in Canada. We um, 
we saw terrible tragedy in, in Humboldt, Saskatchewan. Maybe you've heard of it, maybe not. Google it. There's a junior hockey team uh, on the road. <laughs> Very Canadian thing, right? Junior hockey team on their way back from from a playoff game. And in, in small town Saskatchewan, they uh, on their way back and, and a truck crashed in to them killing 15 of their guys. Uh, fifteen of the for fifteen of those of those kids, those teenagers, and for me, the most tremendous thing that came out of that was was the vigil at the rink uh, on CBC, on the the public TV broadcaster, and on TSN, the sports broadcaster, and what it was, especially the their chaplain sermon or message, whatever it was, it wasn't. Um, yay! Everything's great. Everything's hopeful. We're gonna we're gonna get through this. The mayor had to say that a little bit, but no, it was. This is terrible. I hate this. I mean, this is the chaplain speaking, saying, "I don't want to be here. <laughs> I want to." I'm bawling in front of everyone and saying, "There's no easy answer." This 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 sucks. <laughs> that and that in that, not in spite of that, but within that and through that, God is with us, crying with us, mourning with us. The risen Christ, our hope and our life, <laughs> is with us as we mourn. And there's this almost an indescribable faith and hope on display that you know it wasn't it's it was it's this crazy thing it wasn't um you know and if this was in a big city i understand it would be more of an interfaith you know it's come together it's yeah fair enough but it also wasn't any kind of nihilistic apathetic or just despairing uh, sentiment here. It was showing the world actually how Christians respond to death and tragedy or ought to, right? Showing the world what it means to be a human being who believes in the resurrection of Christ and therefore can engage the full breadth of human suffering and human joy and 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 that that's actually our source of life and the ability to to be truly human for christians at least is in christ's birth death and resurrection that that was on display on cbc i i, I watched it with my dad I'm like oh this is on cbc and i used to i i think i a few years ago maybe 10 or so years ago, and I'd still be an undergrad, I'd be uncomfortable with that. I'd be, you know, I'd be Luke on October being all, oh, why is this in public? <laughs> right? This is embarrassing. This is skittish. Um, but now I realize, no, that if the gospel is truly compelling, then, you know, we don't have anything to hide. 
if for Ray the the will of the force is truly to uh, bring new life, then she has nothing to hide. Um, even if the First Order is going to hunt her down <laughs> for being a Jedi. Um, we engage the world, not because the world is necessarily, necessarily evil, not because we are necessarily good. Um, we engage because you're human, the world is suffering, and hope has come to us, and it's for us to share. So that's uh, this episode of For Christ's Sake, Anakin. Um, for, for the sake of the world, <laughs> for Anakin for the sake of the world, Christ for the sake of the world, Ray for the sake of the galaxy, um, Nakia and Wakanda for the sake of the world, right? These themes coming together. If you uh, liked what I said, if you hated what I said, um, please let me know at, on Twitter at NEUG485, on Instagram at MNEUG1138. Um, we'll have you know, Han Solo's coming out. I, I, I neglected to talk about the trailer. I had too much here to talk about here. <laughs> um, maybe I'll do a rogue episode of the trailer, but uh, that's all I've got to say. Hope you enjoy this. Hope you appreciate the... I've, done a good job, I think, coming out on Tuesdays and uh, giving you my thoughts. Um, and as always, if you've been listening since the beginning, if you've been listening, picked it up recently, you're very welcome. All that to say, uh, thanks for listening. May the Force be with you, always. Always.